goddamn Kevin. Um, so, wait, who? Uh, all right, here we are with <laughs> Fellowship of Cybertron, season one, episode the outro, which would be episode, I guess, nine. Uh, it is May 2019. I was Devin, the Overlord. Or I was just Devin. I'm, I'm Devin. And to my left, we got... Nicole. Tyler. Kevin. And Peter. Like I said, I'm not going to edit any of that. So, <laughs> you still are Devin. No, I, I was know. Devin playing the Overlord. Now I'm just Devin. Huh. All right. So, <laughs> so, we just got out of the last episode that you might have listened to, I don't know, either immediately or a week ago. It depends on what time you're viewing this episode. But uh, we're, we did it. We're done. That was it. And this mm. episode's us talking about Fellowship, because we just ran through our first Fellowship game. How um, do you like it? Yeah, talk, guys. I like Fellowship. It's, it's, it's really fun. Yeah, I think it was pretty universally loved. Um, I like how narrative it allowed things to be mm-hmm. with such a, a loose framework. Especially with um, you getting to define what your people are. My character type had less of that than some others, but it's still a really cool facet of the game that I really like. Yeah. It encourages you to hoard friends and treasure because they're HP. Yes. <laughs> Make friends. You can throw them away. <laughs> it was a nice right in the line of fire. It was a nice and light system in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't take a lot of time to learn. Um, you know, it's probably one of those games that you can probably master a lot better once you've kind of read over it and stuff. Um... But yeah, it was really easy to engage with. I think we really hit our stride episode two. Um, episode one was that sea kraken battle, and it was like, oh, okay. Episode two is when you guys fought Hardshell. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it clicked. That was funny. We did, was that the episode that we set Peter's blood on fire? Yeah, that's the episode you set his blood on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the way we ran a fellowship was definitely more fighty than normal fellowship probably would be. Because that's our source material, I guess. There were some artifacts of the source material compromising the original game. Like, Fellowship isn't a collab... Or Transformers isn't as collaborative as it could be. It requires kind of knowing the conventions and the source material. Like, the source material doesn't matter as much, but knowing kind of, like, touchstones about it helps kind of push it forward. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. the swears, blood is energon, fuel is energon, that that whole thing. Mm -hmm. The game didn't really have a set real canon. We were kind of pulling from all the different inspirations. A lot of IDW and aligned continuity and like just the G1 cartoon a bit. I mean, if we just came into it, I mean, yes, we were just writing and kind of like, let's not fret about like trying to have our people that define it and so on. Like, like we offered most of that to you, which I think was fine for this game. Yeah. So. Like, I've always wanted to run a Transformers game and I, not because I had like a plot in mind, like, like this whole game was whole cloth made as we were running. Like. I had no idea what Tarantulus' plot was. I had no idea what he wanted. I didn't know that his ship was a reaper to like halfway through the game. None of that. It kind of just emerged organically. But what I did have was a lot of big ideas about how to do like the thematics or the narrative or the, the sort of framing the relationships of a Transformers game. You know, that's stuff I've probably talked about before. World War II, trench warfare, people stuck on either side of an impossible conflict. You know, what does it look like to be at war forever when you're an immortal, you know, warrior? Yep. And I think I got that stuff out of my system. I think I think I got. I think I'm happy with how that all turned out. And fellowship was a great way to channel it. Yeah, it came out pretty nicely. I mean, it was better than doing like fate or the basic expert system. Crawling like, of darkness, demon. Um, <laughs> uh, fucking a bunch of shit was recommended to me for it. None, none of it fit really. Yep. 
But I think I think this nailed it the best I could possibly have nailed it. You know, without using I don't know legacy, but legacy would require a lot of work. Legacy would be a different game. Yeah, I, I think Fellowship hit the highlights of it being a, a, a game uh, about you know this kind of conflict based on a bunch of toys. Yeah. Probably more character focus than Legacy would be. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there was pretty good character focus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Both of like PCs and NPCs and so on. Maybe we we'll, like lingered a bit more because we seem to be like progressing to things a little bit faster than we usually do sometimes. In our games, it's like, oh, let's sit here and talk for like an hour, which is fine. Um, this, this definitely encouraged you guys to move at a faster clip. <laughs> which was nice, because, you know, it's not like, you know, we, we stay around here for a bunch of weeks and do nothing. And like, you know, this is like, no, you're on a deadline. You have a gun to your head. You have to get this stuff figured out. Yep. Which was nice. Um, also, yeah, it got us to move around and so on. We should normally just sit around in one place or deal with one place's problem and so on. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely didn't have an HQ. You had to kind of split your time between a bunch of different civilizations. Yep. Uh, yeah, anything else you guys want to add from that? Just impressions from the last session? Uh, well, the Mass Effect combination with Transformers worked pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. What, the Mass Effect and Transformers stuff? Yeah, the combination of yeah, the two. I thought it was cute. I, I have an idea in mind that if we do another season or two more seasons or whatever, I might move you into the future where Mass Effect is happening and Earth has, you know, Mass Effect 1 timeline where, like, Earth is trying to join the Citadel and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe the 1985 stuff happened and that could be cute where it's like, oh, yeah, you want to join the Citadel Earth? And it's like, yeah, sure. It's like, what about your, your robot friends? It's like, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> We're not joining your stupid little citadel. You're a bunch of goddamn young aliens who are like, ooh, machine life is evil. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, machine life is evil. We're we'll the show you charge of everything. We'll show you evil. How old are you guys? We've been at this for like a billion years. Right, like the Asari's like, we live for thousands of years in our space cells. And it's like, oh, wow, you live a thousand years. That's... That's really good for you. I nap for longer than that, man. Right. <laughs> I was I, I I I had a gunshot wound for longer than that. <laughs> While you were trying to spell your name. I fucking love that you put that in, you son of a bitch. What was the reference to? Battlefield Earth. Ah. John Goddamn Travolta, straightest man in Hollywood, uh, screams that line out in the bar. Ah. So yeah. Um. Anything else about the fellowship system? Did we like it? What things we didn't like, and so on? Uh, I didn't like that the special fellowships could only have one bond. With oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's been a constant I thread. Was yeah. not a fan of that. I felt it really kind of flied in the face of how the system is supposed to work and the kind of play that it wanted to encourage you to do. I yeah. see why they did it as a. As a mechanical constraint, but I think they should do something else. I think the drawbacks for the more advanced playbook should be stuff that adds to the flavor of the game rather than just a mechanical, you can't take bonds. Yeah, <laughs> for example, when you became more powerful, you got the weakness of the Overlord, and that was like a huge thing. That that, that kind of stuff would be cool, yeah, instead of... Even something like where the more bonds you have, the more they start to go funny or something like that. Or Something. The powerful playbooks restricting you to one bond, deep bonds with people seems, I don't know. I mean, I, we understand where it comes from. Like, I think yeah. we've, we've independently, Peter and I have both talked to the creator about it. Yeah. Uh, Jacob? I can't remember. 
Uh, we've talked to him about it, and, and he said, yeah, it's to represent that, like, people who are powerful, kind of like Gandalf in those types of stories, are more aloof and separate from the group, and that's fine. They can't really relate to them, and that yeah. makes total sense. Yeah, that, that's, that is thematically sound. <laughs> it's just not fun. Yeah. And like, it works better when there is a Gandalf, yeah. as opposed to three Gandalfs. <laughs> yeah. And, like, one person who's not Gandalf. Especially <laughs> since you can take all Gandalf powers by going around and taking the end of days and being like, I can still have bonds. Well, to be fair, we only had the two. Like, Nicole and Peter were Gandalfs to start. They were powerful playbooks. You two were normal. Yeah. yeah. But um, still, even at 50%, it's rough. Like, I don't even think, like, they, they recommend that no more than so much of the party should be a powerful playbook, but with that bond rule in place, really, you only kind of want one. Like, any more than one, it gets weird. Yeah. Just for like, you know, it's like, hey, we made a bond. It's like, no, we already filled out our bonds. We're done. No more bonds. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely my biggest complaint. Yeah. Uh, Once again, we understand completely why yeah. it's there, somatically and everything. It's just... Do you think we should just house rule that away? We have to come up with an alternative, though. Would we, though? I mean, just yeah, ignore I, it. I kind of agree with you. Like, like, would we? Like, like, how did it really keep anyone in check? I mean, I mean, Peter was always solving problems as a giant, and you were always consistently strong. You were always rolling tens and shit. I guess and the only and like the pair gets hope when working with themselves. Well, anyway, the only... so that whole like, oh, you can't be super bonded with people. You're probably not going to be rolling I'm... with hope all the time. It's... I think the only kind of uh, play when stuff gets better, like final showdown, breakout, shoot transfers, transfers, transfers to vigil. Therefore, the only bonds. They had with vigils broken, therefore you can't. Yeah, suddenly but, a couple moves stop working. So. Had I built the Overlord to have the one where you can just casually destroy your bonds like an asshole, yeah. that'd been done. Yeah. So I could I could have easily killed off you know three levels worth of bonds. Is, is three the max for yeah. people? Normal people, I think. So. Three is the, the normal. squire and the Overlord can have more. Yeah. Because the squire and the Overlord are freaking weird. Yep. Um. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Would, would, is there anything that, like, can we just say, like, if we just said advanced playbooks can just have three bonds like everyone else, does that really alter the face of the game that much? Not really that much. Yeah. I don't know, it's something to consider when Tyler runs his fellowship game. We'll see. Yeah. Um, As for general things. Oh, and yeah, a lot of the powerful playbooks. Oh, no, not only powerful playbooks. I was going to say the most of them aren't able to. Um, uh, command lore about their people, but that's not mm. true. Like, mine can't... Um, you can. You command lore about your organization. Yeah, but it's a little bit different. And, like, I think the giant... Well, well giant... Uh, commands lore about giants. Yeah, but, like, giant community is, is a single giant. Yeah. As well. So, it's different. It's not that you don't have... That That isn't a powerful playbook thing, though. That's just some of the more weirder ones. Like, yeah, like the, the Collector and the Exile from Inverse Fellowship are both like that. The Collector is commands fellowship about a fellowship about a community of people who are exotic collectors. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the exile commands lore about the people he was exiled from, and I think other exiles. Yes. The, the square only commands lore about the people he has bonds with and so on. Yeah, so... Yeah. Everyone I, has something. I, I don't really... Yeah, I, I don't really think yeah. it fudges with anything. Um, what else? I guess we collected quite a bit of companions throughout the game, because it was quite... Uh, oh, we had quite a number. Maybe that was a bit much, maybe? But... I no, like it. I don't think it was a bit much, because in Fellowship, the companions seem to be kind of, like, rank and file. Like, this is an elven soldier. His name is Elfo. This is a pig soldier for the orc. His name is Pigo. 
I was going to say, like, I don't know, Will, uh, Chris Farley or something, but that seemed sad. That's a little mean. It's a little sad. <laughs> but, like, they're supposed to be kind of like, oh, no, Chris, you died. All right, here is my new pig soldier. His name Chris is... Chris with a K. <laughs> Christopher. His brother joined. Seth Rosen. But, like, in Transformers, everyone is kind of unique. So I think you collecting a lot of people was incidental. It just came more to the forefront because every single one of them is unique. You know, Nitro, Zeus, and Mearshades are different characters. Yep. Like, you know, eventually we'll do bring everyone to the final fight. Like, okay, how many competitors do you have with you? How many of them are in this one lift? <laughs> uh, that's because you guys are fucking terrible about having companions. You guys didn't keep track of them at all. Yeah. So. And I was like, hey, who's with you? And you're like, ah, oh, no one. It's like, okay, who's with you? It's like, oh, 30 people. <laughs> we had 30 people with us. Oh, they're all dying. Uh, paperwork. Yeah. When yeah. I play Fellowship, I'm not going to have that happen. They're all going to be, I'm going to be situationally aware of all of them. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that. I guess also like, I know, sometimes we were doing some stuff that maybe not, wasn't necessarily like, that well covered in the move. I think there's something missing that basic moves that, mm-hmm. some stuff we were doing. <coughs> like, I don't know, sneaking about, like, well, are you looking closely? Sneaking about would be overcome. Like, you, you build out, you but build, no, but then it gets... overcome is for preventing damage, not for positioning yourself well it's not about positioning yourself it's about overcoming a challenge I think that works if more things are like finish them where you can use different stats to accomplish like like overcome when you attempt to avoid redirect or prevent the harm something will cause you roll whatever on a 10 plus you stop the obstacle threat cut or remove from causing harm yeah see how you build threats in fellowship is you build them like a set piece so when you guys are sneaking through the tunnels the threat is, these things are going to find you. How are you going to get around them? And, like, overcomes a valid option. Like, you you know, you know, roll with blood and you're like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to, like, you know, cause distraction and get out of here. Though I do get what you're saying with different stats. Yeah. Yes. Also, um, we really did not take advantage of the bond moves until, like, that last section. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forging mm-hmm. a bond, the bonds that bind us, bound in service is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Yeah, it's like, I was like, I guess getaway was shouldn't what you rolled for the stealth because you're trying to get somewhere out of reach or out of sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like getaway almost will more be like get somewhere, and yeah. getaway is part of what you getaway do makes me feel like you're trying to escape a combat, like holding yeah. the shoulder buttons in Final yeah. Fantasy, but it's not. It's yeah. that would have covered. Yeah, it even says. Uh, get there quickly, avoiding harm. Get there quickly, drawing no attention, and grab mm. someone with you and bring them. So yeah, those are exactly what you would want for yeah. that. It's a lot of us trying to, to to read the moves a little more closely, getting the exact word. Yeah. It's also like the rhythm of like, oh, hey guys, do something so I can furnish them. Like, yeah. After a while, it gets a bit, bit stale. Perhaps. Well, that's because the combat's so frequent because of the specific yeah. type of game. I think, I think in a normal Fellowship game, like one where everyone's kind of collaborating together and it's more of like the journey, it would have been easier, but this was like a war story. Yeah. Also, we started in like the first edition, not second edition. Second edition is anything that would be an advantage is an advantage. Yeah. 
Whereas Which beforehand, it was overcome roll things. a fucking overcomer. Keep them moving away closely. Yeah, like, roll these things so I can do my thing. Now it's like, which, hey, you're fucking on his shoulders covering his eyes? I mean, That's an advantage for me. Yeah. Which, which really was the problem I had with Rhapsody of Blood when we did that very brief session. I don't think we'll ever make it out. A lot of it's like, you're in a corner and there are monsters. Roll, destroy the monsters of the castle. You did it? You're done. And then, like, if you go to an archbishop, you're like, Roll the thing to get advantage, because it has advantage, and then roll the thing to use advantage to kill it. You did it. Like, Rhapsody Blood has that problem, where that's the, ex the expected play, so it's like three moves you're constantly using. Mm -hmm. And I think Fellowship does not have that problem by default. It just became something we rubbed up against more because we made it a war story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's my personal take on it. I don't know if that's you know universally true, but that's how what I think. Yeah. What else? It was also like... Um, maybe one problem I had like, oh, that we go into some battle. Okay, there's army there, but the overload's right there. We'll be like, jump over the whole thing and just start punching and stuff and engage with anything else because nothing can do anything to us until we fail and there's a cut coming from us. Yeah, you guys were rolling pretty high, so I couldn't really hit you with cuts. Yeah, so like, oh... Even if you put, like, oh, there's two enemies there and there's a boss, okay, I just bypass the enemies and go for the boss, because they can't do anything against me, what have you. It's like, yeah, oh, so, oh. It, is, it is very easy to consistently get high scores in this game. Like, three of us were all able to build characters in such a way using not even the same techniques, but just things mm. available to our characters yeah. to get it to the point where... When we were rolling stuff, it was pretty consistently <coughs> yep. eight or nine at the lowest. Yeah, it was a aggressively <coughs> skewed high. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's some part we're missing. Like, it is, is it possible that we're just missing on something? Maybe it's something to like ask. Probably. Like, well, the thing is, when you fail, it's catastrophic. I mean, yeah. Until a first card comes, fellowship is an advantage because. Until you can you know, separate them to get rid of their hope or something, then you know. I, I personally feel, and this might just be me not having read the cuts close enough, but cuts should be happening on uh, nine minus. No, we specifically yeah. asked that to the creator after the first session where we were doing that. Like, no, that's. I know that, but I think cuts should be coming on nine minus. Because. because if cuts don't come on 9 minus, that means you're consistently not getting cuts. And it means when you do roll low, you get the idea that failure is a catastrophic thing you want to avoid. When it shouldn't be. Cuts should be things that liven up the game and spice it up. So if anything but a 10 is creating a cut, it's creating some sort of compromise in what you're doing that's, that adds complications and twists mm -hmm. the narrative. So I guess... But if it was on a 9 minus, it would feel like we're never actually succeeding. See, that's something that comes up a lot in, in people talking about fellowship on like Reddit and forums, and that's not it at all. You get what you want, but something happens in the story to make it interesting. That already happens on 9 minus. You already have something bad happening. You don't have to add a cut to it. What bad happened in the fight with Tarantulas until you guys rolled super low or he was able to use a thing against you? Not For example, keep them busy. On 9 minus, they will retaliate against you when your time is up. There's already a bad yeah, but thing. But by happening. the time you keep them busy and someone else overcomes, they're they're they are they are dead. They're not retaliating. Yeah. Your, your time never gets up, Nicole. It's never happened to you once. <laughs> that's not that's not anything. That's not a disadvantage. I guess Which is why I put the caveat, maybe I wasn't maybe, you know, I didn't understand it completely. 
But not enough shit happens in the movies. Maybe you should, like, uh, I think the Veil had some stuff like that where, like, a lot of the time you could, uh, like, pay a price to get some some uh, part of it. Like, there was more happening between, like, 10 plus and the lower tier. There was more. I, I'm just trying stuff. to say that getting a low roll shouldn't be something that you feel like is a failure. Like, the way it's been put across to me is that, say, you know, you're rolling to, like, keep someone busy or to overcome something and you don't get that. 10 plus or whatever, right? It should be like, oh man, you know, you take out the security grid. That's what you were overcoming. The security grid was going to like shock that guy to death. That's fine. You take it out. The soft cut that comes up to it though is that someone notices the grid gets blown out and now someone's going to come <clears throat> to investigate. That's interesting. You got what you wanted. You took out the grid. You saved that guy from being shocked. Now someone's going to investigate. This adds a twist to the story. What happens there? And since it's a soft cut and telegraphed, you can easily deal with it when it's coming up. You can be like, okay, well, now I have to move into the part where I'm going to hide from him or sneak up behind him and gear up wire him. Yeah. But the way it's currently set up where cuts only happen on, like, a seven, it's like, oh, if you fail, you don't get what you want and you get, and you, get uh, you know, screwed over. And that isn't fun. Yeah. Like, that makes rolling low completely frustrating. Whereas with soft cuts always kind of happening except on exceptional rolls... The story is naturally, you know, ebbing and flowing back and forth. Yeah, probably in general, having more soft cuts thrown in there would be, yeah, more interesting perhaps, and less just steamrolling and, okay, I do the thing. Oh no, there's an obstacle. Well, I do the thing to defeat the obstacle, and so on, so on. Okay, what else? Do you enjoy our characters? Do you enjoy our playbooks? Yeah. Um. I think I could have, like, if I played um, prepare again, I would make them more individual characters. Yeah. They basically just seemed like the same character. <laughs> like I was just one character. <laughs> I'm Mary and Pippin, and you can just can't tell us apart. Yeah. How about you, Tyler? Did you enjoy your elf? I enjoyed the elf a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I think I would have enjoyed it more in a game without a rigid backstory already. Maybe. Because I kind of, I, w I wanted to like, I came up with the idea to like have them be like nomadic spies and like information brokers and like play both sides. But it turns out that's not really a thing in Transformers. And then it just felt kind of odd. There is, there are people who aren't aligned and it's kind of not a great thing to be because you're going to get yourself murdered. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, like, once once I got, like, two sessions into it, I was like, oh, man, I really should have just been an Autobot. That <laughs> would have been a lot better. Um, yes. Also, <laughs> also... At least I threw in Decepticon. That was fun. Also, um... What, the sh what was I going to say here? Uh, I made an elf character for a future game that I ended up not going to be playing. But anyways, yeah, it was really fun uh, making up the the backstory for what elves are in the setting and stuff like that. Like that was a really fun part of it. So I could totally get what you're saying. <laughs> so it was just a completely generic setting. And how was the spider? Probably wouldn't play it again. Wasn't a big fan of its mechanics, but Yeah, it seemed to be like struggling to do a lot of stuff. It requires a lot of setup that requires you to like spy on people beforehand. Yeah. And not being like you can get abilities that let you Create your webs during a battle, but if you don't, you're really, really at a disadvantage. Yeah. 
And it might also have been a function of how combat heavy we were too, but I feel yeah. like you didn't have enough webs. That's exactly because we were we were always fighting, and you just never had enough to do your stuff. Yeah, like in the book, there is a description of how to like put each type of playbook on like edge, or like how to put them yeah. at disadvantage. And with the spider, it's literally just you put them in a situation where they don't have time to prepare. So. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, like the square was really fun. It was a nice change of pace and what have you, and I guess, you know, if you build it quite neatly, maybe, you know, you could get something out of it. Um, I don't know if you felt like the knight was the best choice for it, but happened in the end. I was hoping for giving the sheriff, halfling sheriff, halfling sheriff, probably would have been really interesting for it. Oh, I would have been so angry at you. Oh, that's because you wanted it. <laughs> and that's what happens yeah. when you die and then kill yourself. You did both in a row. You died and then you killed yourself. Uh, I think the giant was also fun. Probably more interesting combat, I guess. You know, maybe at some point I'll play a giant again or whatever. Thinking that taking the giant and uh, adding on maybe the collector to the a new beginning that might be a really powerful combo, so something interesting to try. Okay. I generally had fun with those. How yeah. about the Overlord? Was it fun? Yeah, Overlord was good. Uh, you got a lot of tools to work with. Um, the one thing I wish is there were more custom moves. Like, yeah. sure, I could just make them up, but like, I ran through like most of them, and then I was kind of wanting for more fun moves. Yeah. So, like, which moves did you enjoy? Um, let me take a look at what I took for Tarantulas. One where you off a character, yeah. one where you do that You fucking asked me. Don't goddamn ask me <laughs> to start fucking telling me what you goddamn piece of shit. So, uh, the two I liked the most was Warmonger and Mastermind, but those are almost like, I'm not going to say they're necessary, but they're like the most bang for your buck ones. Warmonger gives you a second, you know, army like entire army to have, which is cool for options. And Mastermind lets you have three master plans at once and you know, as a as a other thing lets you kind of like advance them. And like I can't really see an overlord that wouldn't do that. Like those almost seem like like normal natural advancements to take when you're the overlord. Why wouldn't you take a second army? Why wouldn't you take more master plans and accelerate them and cause a a big snafu right in the middle of the game where the player's like, oh no, we're out of time. I mean, yeah, definitely the mastermind at the early game where you can take that, create pass, and also finish one of them. That's yeah. really, you boost your strength straight away because you get more stats and so on. It's like it's on a cooldown where you're waiting. It's like in League of Legends, I guess, where you're waiting for like Your a cooldown to tick in halfway through the match and you nail it and everyone's like, oh, everything's been disrupted. Yeah. They're good. Um, the other three I took were, now who told you that, which lets me switch out my weakness, which only came up at the last possible moment, it didn't matter, and was a waste of a pick. Um, no more games, which lets me instantly merc one of you, which is cool, and I used it pretty much right away yep. on the giant. And Evil's Touch, which makes you know my attacks necrotic, and I can instantly kill your companions. And you didn't take any of your companions with you when I had it. Because it was dangerous to take that. Yeah, it was dangerous. I would have merked them. <laughs> that word not against just, them. Not just that, but like, like you made the entire hallways deadly, and most kinds have like one stat. They would have died immediately. Yeah, no, there's no point in it. Yeah, yeah, I know. The only thing that I'm not complaining moves. about the reasoning. I'm just saying yeah. 
it didn't really it wasn't really worth it I mean taking the necrotic damage early on we're like oh we have a button we do necrotic and then we have to rest and to recover that yeah that's it's a useful move when you want to you want to show them the fellowship and force them to rest uh, I did I did the thing the book tells you not to do well the, the second edition book tells you not to do we only had the first one right. I played way too uh, kids gloves with you in those first few sessions yeah and that totally screwed me over I was like three sessions behind you guys picking advances so I was like Oh, maybe I'll just take a general and not sketch him out and sketch him out next session for my advancement. Maybe I'll just do this. Like, you know, it's being very light and breezy. I'm like, oh, the game wants you to hit, hit the players as hard as possible in the early game. So, like, if I did it again, I'd probably go for, like, I, I'd just keep Warmonger and Mastermind till later, and I'd probably go straight to, like, you know, Evil's Touch, um, Heart of Ice, you know, the stuff that lets you just snap bonds and do corrupted damage constantly. Yep. And then, once I was good keeping you off kilter and I got some breathing room, I could, like, you know, be like, oh, maybe this time I'll take Warmonger, grab a second army, and, like, be able to kind of mix up your, your things. And then later on, when you guys, just as you guys were starting to succeed, I'd take Mastermind and, like, get a bunch of uh, yeah. sources of power and fuck you guys over. Yep. Yeah. You know, really keep you guys reeling and, and trying to figure shit out. It would have been a lot more helpful, too, because, um... Uh, I don't know what I'm saying, never mind. <laughs> well, I guess also we didn't do as well, like, but we learned about the overall plan way too quickly, way too early, so we always knew where to go, and I think part of the fellowship is like, okay, you don't know where he is because I know the plans are too low or something like that. So you have to, you know, tread the waters a little bit to figure out what's going on. In that time, Double can do something, perhaps. So maybe that, maybe keep it a bit more, a couple more secrets there, but... I don't know. So, what else, guys? Oh, no. Uh, nobody shared moves, which I thought was mm -hmm. odd. Yeah, it just didn't come up. A lot of the moves are really specific to your playbook, and those that seem cool, you're like, oh, you cannot share this one. Yeah. I mean, it, it almost came through where you wanted to take the friendly face one for me. Yeah, I think I actually did, but it's like... Yeah, because yeah, I was going for some nice and friendly squire build, and that requires some stuff from half things, and I cannot take anything from my playbook that's not being played, and so on. So it's kind of a problem for me to get around. Yeah, usually like other playbooks have that. I will take one move from someone else, and that's usually what you need. And sharing moves, like, like, what would you share if you would, like, oh, your elven magic? The cloaking device? The fight system? I mean, the cloaking device is good. The faces of those who have wronged me is good. Um, what once was lost, which is the one that lets hope or despair. Like, a lot of them are, a lot of the moves that I have are good moves. They're just not combat moves. Mm -hmm. Which means that it didn't... Like, it didn't feel as applicable in this. Yeah. Well, I don't know. For the giant playbook, I had what? I can carry people around and I can jump and so on. Giant was cool. Yeah. But like, there aren't that many moves I can show people that they can really use all that much that would be useful for them to have. With the square, oh, I can show you my moves that have that make the bonds be healing and so on. But you don't have as many bonds as me, so it's not that useful. I think it would have been cool if, like, at level three, you just share a bond 
in addition to everything else to encourage mixing it up a little because it also feels like do i want to spend like my level up to just like I mean, share a move but other people yeah. also have that when you level <laughs> up you have someone else share a move with you like that's what i took in my school yeah i noticed that some are like that yeah. and others are when you level up you share yeah, I mean, a move. i'm not sure why both it's of them. inconsistent yeah, I have learned they're just, they're, just I can do either. Yeah. But I can only share a move with other people uh, after level five for some reason. Because you had a powerful play or something. So I'm not sure what the game is trying to do with the sharing of moves, but it doesn't seem like it's working. I mean, the sharing moves are. I think we look at it mechanically at least, like, oh, they're really useful when you do a new beginning because then you keep all of those moves on top of everything else you take. So those are useful to keep. And probably it's like, hey, I'll share a move with you, you share a move with him, he'll share a move with me, and let's like trade all the moves, guys. And it also didn't help that um, basically all of our characters were good at different things. Like, you two were kind of stealthy, and, and me and Peter were kind of more combat y, but. Yeah. Like, we all had very different things we were doing. Yeah, sometimes so you like, don't have the right stats to have a move like, oh. Yeah, like, I don't only care about being fucking invisible. Cool, it gives me advantage, but it doesn't suit my character. <laughs> right. Like, oh, or you're moving like, oh, if you're if they don't notice you, you can kill them with grace in order to remain stealthy and take them off with an advantage. Like, oh, what if my character doesn't have grace? What if it's a giant it's kind of hard for him to hide? And so on, so on. Yeah. Just picturing him like, yeah, just like holding up like a little branch in front of him. Like. I mean, wasn't that like the Bay Transformers where like trying to sneak around the house or something like that? I think that uh, was in Bumblebee. I remember there was one in one of the Bay Transformers where there, some people are in the house. No one knows. I think Nobody I watched one that. of the Bay Transformers, but Bumblebee was really good. Bumblebee was amazing. It isn't a Bay movie. Yeah. I didn't like it as much. <laughs> Fuck you. If Bumblebee didn't go to the planet, everyone would have worked out better. What? No, Windov. They needed a base of operations. Bumblebee went there, went to Koma, woke up. Yeah, it was a last-ditch <laughs> effort of a dying people. He was, it wasn't a tactical thing. It's like, okay, we're sending everyone to planet. Whoever survives can set up a forward base of operations. And Bumblebee, who was a nameless scout, who's super young, who isn't battle-ready, made it to a planet with intelligent life that would one day ally with them, got fucking almost wrecked by Decepticon, killed a bunch of other Decepticons, went into a coma, survived his coma, made peaceful contact, then killed a bunch of then killed those Decepticons and set up a base. Because of his actions, the humans have a means of detecting the Cybertronians, means of, you know, disabling them, and help, you know... Yeah, it was a big uh, accident. He wasn't like... Also, though, this they have this that, but the humans end up allying with the Autobots. And, have, and then giving the Autobots tools to detect Decepticons. Hmm? Bumblebee was a hero, goddamn you. <laughs> he was the littlest hobo, but from space. He was like a mute cat. Just he big. was the littlest hobo. Alright? Okay, okay. He's not like he's not Steve Rogers. If if Steve Rogers, a trained Marine soldier, went in and stumble fucked his way through that movie, yeah, you got a point. You know, this is incompetent man, the winter soldier. I got ya. But it's literally a small child robot who's a dog hobo. Alright? Give him some slack. He did his best. Okay, back to fellowship. Um. 
What else? Did you enjoy the characters? Did you enjoy the kind of places, NPCs? Yeah. They're all fun. Yeah. Pretty fun. I think they're all evocative and lively. I think I put a good amount of energy into them. Mm -hmm. I really liked Cup, and I really liked Nitro Zeus. Oh my god, Nitro Zeus, the breakout character. Yeah. Uh, I really liked Demolisher, too. He's he cute. Yeah. A lot of people that came for that, you know, specialized army were interesting. And once that, you know, got replaced with the zombie, like, oh, not as fun. Well, yeah, you guys destroyed the organization, so it's like, all right, we're, we're done. <laughs> That's fine. There's, there's nothing else to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any, uh, yeah, any other comment? Like, I'm excited for Fellowship Generic. Like, just out-of-the-box collaborative fellowship. Very much the same. Yeah. Also, I do agree with Peter that, like, the generals and shit were really fun. Mm -hmm. We wrecked them really easily, though. You burned through that, like, like two sessions. Yeah, we, we did it. We, we wrecked them, but... They were really fun. Um, I mean, especially, I, I liked the moment I had with um, um, this guy. Megabyte? Megabyte. Where, like, I'm like, like uh, I was like fighting him, like, wait, are you secretly on our side? You should just let me go. <laughs> that you was really are, fun. Are you secretly a good guy ish? Yeah, like, I, I it was funny because I just forgot until yeah. halfway through the fight. But, uh, I guess with the Jonas, you could make them a bit harder. Like, if you had that one that, oh, I am hard, you have to do it me three times before I go down. Uh, yeah, people recommend having the um, the tough guy as the general, but yeah. the honor bound is way deadlier. Yeah. It's fun, too. Well, you know, the honor bound just a little frustrating hmm? to deal with. You can't take them out. you got to work within their code of honor. You, yeah. They're a puzzle yeah. boss. The tough guy is... The tough guy fight is, hey, Tyler, you gotta do like eight damage to this guy and you're gonna take 15 damage doing it. Yeah. That's that's just number slog. Yeah, I liked the fact that like you could talk to the honor bound guy and like manipulate him through it, basically. Yeah. And he'll be fucking merciful and he'll be fair and he won't try to like be a piece of shit to you and, and you can engage with him and you know. And then Breakout tries to keep them busy and you know, face on the pavement. <laughs> I mean, again, a lot of it was the restrictions of playing in the Transformers game, where Transformers are very murdery creatures. Mm. Mm. And plus, it's so hard to kill us that, like, you can just do as much as damage as you want. Yeah, you can be like, as violent as you want. They're toys. They're not bleeding blood, so it's okay. You get past the sensors. Right? Like, they'll just go into a coma and wake up in a few millennia, and it doesn't matter because we all live that long. <laughs> Whereas, like... You know, if that was a normal fellowship, and he was, like, fucking face-planting you onto spikes and stuff, it'd, it'd be a goddamn gruesome sight. Yeah. Healing what did you do to that tiny little fox hobbit? Pluck his wings. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. That was a good scene. Yeah. Nothing. The stand-up character. So, yeah. Uh, future ideas for Transformers in Fellowship, like Fellowship of Cybertron, is, I think... I have an idea for Earth 1985 or Ice Age Earth slash Hearts of Steel, which was the the invention of the steam engine train setting for Transformers. So I have cute. yeah trains and biplanes and ironclad warships. Vague ideas, but nothing concrete. Um, just straight up 1985, the Ark wakes up when Mount St. Helens erupts and the Great War starts on Earth. And, you know... Deal with Earthlings. 
Maybe people in Fellowship take a playbook and play Earthlings. Pew, pew, pew. I don't know. I'm like, the like squire, if, guys. <laughs> like if someone plays the pair instead of being like uh, being like a Transformer or a Cybertronian, they're playing like Snake Eyes and White Ninja from the G.I. Joe team, and the organization is, is Joe, <laughs> and that's how they define themselves. Or Cobra. Or you have one person that's like human and one of the Transformers, and you know, they're one of them the other. And they can combine, but only once. There, there's something like that. They were called headmasters. So you had a human that was in a suit of like power armor, and you had a Cybertronian that didn't have a head. And the human would transform into their into a, like a, like I think like a, a little car or maybe their head, and plug into their body, and then they could fight. It was a it was a toy thing. All of the toy, toy thing, thing Devin. All of it. Yeah. Didn't make much sense. There's also Pretenders, which was. Cybertronians putting a living skin over themselves to pretend to be biological life, but still being 30 feet tall. So it's just Bumblebee walking around as a 30 foot tall being like, I'm hiding among humanity. And then, then they blow the shell off and be like, they're a robot. And then there was Sea Spray or whatever. I, at one time, Sea Spray turned into a beautiful merman and fucked a mermaid queen. Yeah. <laughs> Which definitely happened to Sea Spray in this game. He doesn't talk about the time. I'm gonna say that uh, I've heard that story from both Sea Spray and Cup, and I don't believe a fucking word of it. Well, he obviously got his hand on some like tainted cigars or something, and yeah. He got fucking high. He got ripped. Exactly. I fucked a mermaid girl. It's like what you what you went. It's like she was made of meat. It's like what? What part of her was made of meat? All of it, from the belt up and down. You were swimming in water. Ew. We're swimming in acid. Um, I don't know. My favorite gag was the uh, the the Astro Train. Oh my god! Where he ties into the tracks and he does the trolley, just around and around. Uh, <laughs> lovely. Uh, the other idea I had was, yeah, going further into the future where it's like the Earth War happens and it's Mass Effect or it's just something sci-fi or whatever. And then you have different worlds and planets and communities you can go to and there's some sort of threat. I don't know. It's a wide open concept. There's like 65 million years of shit you could do. Mm. Probably not make it like a universe threat. Like, like even though it kind of looked like it was a universe threat with the Reapers and Tarantulas, it, it really wasn't. That wasn't really the point. <coughs> I don't know if I, I probably wouldn't revisit that in the next few seasons because that's redundant. Just make it a different threat. Just make it interesting. There's, again, 30 years of this. You don't have to do the same thing. We'll figure something out. But, but, but using your character, uh, Metro Titan, Multiplex as the ship, I, uh, I like that idea. Like you guys are just driving him in space. <laughs> like not waking up, just, you know, you're driving him. He's your yeah. ship. Other than that, um, I think that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else to add about this game specifically? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay. All right, well, let's go back and record the intro. I was Devin. Nicole. Tyler. Kevin. And Peter. And this is sponsored by Nobody. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs>